Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsaholics podcast on a Monday night after what an epic, epic, epic game on Sunday, an epic finish. I mean, it's going to live for the ages. It feels like almost Bournemouth levels of just awesomeness and it's against Man United. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. To bask in its glory, I've got Mize and Aaron in here with me. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello, mate. Good evening. My voice is just back. Like, my voice was an absolute state, honestly. Like, even today at work, it was it was just it was just croaky as hell. Like it's just made it. Um, oh my god, I don't think I've shouted that loudly for that long a period of time for ages. Because arguably it's even more than the Bournemouth game, right? Because this was kind of like celebrating the the Declan Rice's goal and shouting and cheering about that for a good couple of minutes and then just going mental again, like, you know, <laughs> a couple of minutes later. Oh, God. I mean, my, where does that rank on, you know, your moments at the Emirates? Where 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 does that rank? It's up there. Yeah, it was just, it was just so good, man, wasn't it? It was... Oh, bloody hell like it's why we go to football isn't it it's just why we go to games it's why everyone loves football and if you don't like football i feel sorry for you because it's just that feeling that you get in that moment and afterwards and after the game like if you can if you could bottle up that feeling and sell it you know it's it's just something else but yeah where's it rank um in terms of just kind of a period of five minutes or whatever it was um when Rice scored and then Hazer scored after that, like that was just bonkers. It probably actually before that, when Garnacho's goal, when he scores and then it gets disallowed, if you kind of that whole period of let's say 10 minutes, it was maybe no more than that. That whole period was just, um, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was just absolutely bonkers. So, yeah, it's definitely up there. There's obviously been some pretty good moments. Bournemouth was up there, even United last season was up there as well. When Enketia scored the winner, that was very similar limbs, but yeah, it felt really good. And I think, I think the reason it felt even better. Was because, like it, we were we were kind of settling for this one. It felt no, okay, sorry, the team weren't, but it felt like we were gonna. It was gonna end in a draw. It felt like we were gonna have to settle for a point. Um, and I think there would have been massive, massive regrets, and I think really big disappointment to not beat this United team because I don't don't rate them at all. Don't rate them at all. I'm really disappointed with them. Um, yesterday, and I think from an Arsenal perspective, especially being at home, especially being essentially the better team at the moment um, as we have been for the last couple of seasons I just feel like we would have really yeah really just regretted not getting the three points yesterday um, and so I think it meant even more to get get the win so late on um, from, from that perspective and yeah it's always it's always just very very sweet when it's United isn't it um, and just the way it worked out like I said that Garnacho, what happened with Garnacho, and then everything that happened after that the goal to be their, their goal to be disallowed and their celebrations were you know we saw it right we're all absolutely like in the mud despondent um when he goes and scores and he's celebrating on the pitch you know he's kind of like doing the whole yeah you know celebrations like yeah i'm here i you know i i own i own the stadium whatever like you know um away ends going mental and then the var thing comes up and yeah, just it, the whole game swings on that, doesn't it? And and the 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 crowd are, are back and bouncing again and kind of pushing the team. So uh, it was just it's so it's just yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but it just it was it's 
always so so special feels really special when you win a game like that and it's yeah like i say it's just always a little bit more special when it's when it's man united or you know one of your biggest rivals it's it's funny the effect of var as well isn't it because when it was one all like you say i think we had all sort of resigned to it and we were all like okay that's probably about it and then garnacho scores that goal and we're all fucking flat as fuck you know i mean we're so upset like you can and we the introspection starts you know you start thinking about where you go from here but then then when it gets ruled offside the crowd then goes ballistic right the crowd just then tears it up and that that wouldn't have happened if it was just one all you know and that whole thing hadn't have happened but the fact that it happened lifted everyone and that I'm convinced spurred us massively. What do you reckon, Aaron? And I mean, that because the atmosphere after that point was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I thought generally, like the crowd were up for it yesterday. I thought the atmosphere for most of the game was really good at the start. I thought the game itself before the kind of chaos after the eight five minutes was like pretty average. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a classic up until the 85th minute, right? Like nothing much. Yes, there was a penalty being overturned and stuff, but I thought generally the crowd were good. You know, it was a 4 p.m. kickoff. We, it was, you know, the place was buzzing at the start. North London forever was loud. The atmosphere was good. I didn't hear a peep from Man United fans. And usually, actually, Man United away support is decent, um, in my opinion. Like, they do like some away support is rubbish, like regardless. But I thought yesterday the United fans were rubbish all game. Um, and um, because I just think nowadays the Emirates is, you know, Alan Smith posted a, a, like, a thing on Instagram saying he thinks the Emirates nowadays is probably the best home atmosphere in the Premier League um, because it is that good. Like away support comes to the Emirates now with like, from the start, we you know, get the crowd up. When it's up for it, I think the first two games this season have been a bit like a level below the usual heights of last season. But yesterday felt like it felt like a big game. And I do think we're not, I think like there are some intimidating grounds in the Premier League, but I do think now the Emirates is a place where actually, although, although our performances don't really look it, like I think we do a good job of like really helping the team over the line. And we've seen it in so many last minute moments last season uh, and this season where it's it's loud and it's really good. But you're right. The, the, the fact that the goal was disallowed, obviously everyone mental with the VAR disallowed it. And then it just came and came. And then there was, uh, there was this belief, you know, this belief for this mm. team, which is, this team is better than Manchester United. I think no one, like the result might have been one-one. It might have been two a two-one. A two-one loss would have been an absolute travesty. A one-one draw, I think, would have been a really good result for Man United. And I think I would have felt like that's two points dropped to a, a team that is much much worse than us. Um, yeah. And you know the win, but it was like this is a team, and we believe we can win. And even though the attack hasn't been firing that well this season, like a few misplaced passes, a few you know player performances that weren't quite at the right level, there was this belief that we can go on and win. And it's just a bit of a what's the word like a reinforcing thing. It's like yeah. you do it once, you keep doing it, right? I think actually, like 
the, the team probably best at European football at this is Real Madrid, right? Like Bellingham talked about it a few times when they came back to win uh, against Getafe at the weekend where he kind of just said, look, this is Real Madrid and even if we're 1-0 down, we believe we're going to win. And we've shown in the past that we can just turn it around constantly. And I think at yeah. Arsenal now, the players just don't give up. Like, there are certain players that I do think have to be on the pitch. I think Odegaard is so important. Like, mm-hmm. when you're chasing a goal, when you've got last-minute pressure to try and get a goal, you want Odegaard on that pitch. Um, and actually, like, a player like Reese Nelson, I thought when Reese Nelson comes on, you're like, oh, yeah, I believe he's going to do something. Um mm. So Zinchenko as well. I, I find that was Zinchenko is one of those guys yeah. you want at the pitch towards the end, don't yeah. you? And to be fair, I think another player who you really want is Declan Rice. I think he is like the player that is just like sod this. I'm not accepting a draw. Um, you know, he's got he's obviously got, got that captain mentality at West Ham where he's like, I'm going to drag my team over the line. And although like, you know, he he got the goal and it wasn't like uh, you know. Uh, Kind of wasn't like a classic, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a classic. He was yeah. just like sobs. I'm just going to hit this and and just take it. And it goes in, and, it, and you know, it's it's just great, man. It's great. I'm just so happy yeah. that we did it, and we did it against United. And it's just funny, you know. Like they thought on the 85th minute, it's football, right? Like they thought on the 85th minute, they're going, they're somehow coming away from the Emirates with a two-one win, the most undeserving of two-one wins of all time. But they probably thought. They've just come in, smashed and grab, and they're yeah. going to get away with it, right? Um, but now they're leaving with three one, three one defeat. Sancho fighting bloody Ten Hag. Um, you see this stuff with Anthony in the news, like getting done for Brazil. Um, obviously, don't know what the allegations are about, so I'm not going to like comment too deeply on that. But just they're a mess, and now they've got two weeks of nothing to just think about them being a mess and i reckon honestly great i I think we could probably even end the podcast there because you've basically done an eight minute monologue (laughs) of every every single (laughs) element of the game i mean like you know you've even got got off off the field i mean i'm I'm gonna try i'm gonna try and go right back to some of the stuff i said earlier let's work our way through um so you talked uh, there's a point you made about reinforcing around reinforcement i thought you said and um and I, I wanted to sort of make a point on that, actually. So do you think, and you alluded to it about the atmosphere has not been, you know, perhaps as, as as good as it was last season for, you know, some of the, for Fulham and, and, and Forest games. Do you, do you think um, that the fans needed to be reminded of how important we could be to the performance of the team? And do you think that, you know, in some ways, that final kind of after the Garnacho situation, that period has just reminded us about that connection and that power that we can have at the Emirates and get to get our team over the line. Yeah, I think actually these first three games, they were almost a bit too kind in terms of fixtures. And actually, I think we probably saw these three games as like the almost like an extended preseason a bit. Like, I think personally thought that's nine. It's, it's three wins. It's going to be three wins out of three. It's going to be nine points. And we would just cruise that. And then this United game is going to be the first test. And then the fixtures do get actually quite tricky from now on. Um, and like, we had that early kickoff for Forest, which early kickoffs are always a bit 
rubbish atmosphere wise then fulham which should have been good but obviously we went a goal down early on um and that obviously affects the atmosphere it's pressure it's a different kind of game and i don't know what palace was like away you guys went the atmosphere sounded pretty good on tv there um so this was always the one right and this was the one we needed to win um so i'm i'm really excited because i think it just you know, with I think you know, but you said this mice before the game. Like the way the results went on Saturday, it kind of felt that like actually, hang on a sec. Like this is almost like a we're in a title race, and it's still Must win. It's, it's September, mm. <laughs> and we're looking at the table, thinking, hang on a sec. If we don't win this, we could be, and and that's nonsense to be clear. Like I think we, like, if we had lost, we would we can still recover, and it would be, would have been fine. But it's just the pressure that we are under, like the pressure of competing with Man City, with Haaland, who just is ridiculous. Um, and I think we just needed to have some fun. And I'm, I'm really hoping this game is like, okay, take the shackles off, relax a bit. We still got it. We're still a good team. We know what we're doing. Let's just go and play our football and just enjoy where we're at. Yeah, my. Do you think part of this enjoyment, or do you think any element of this enjoyment that we got yesterday um, was to do with this return to the formation that we had last season, which kind of seems a little bit more expansive, free flowing, more overlapping fullbacks and all the rest of it, and, and Zinchenko in his, you know, in the role that he's been so important for us in, you know, through last season. Do you, do you feel like um, that had an impact on the performance yesterday? I don't think Arsenal actually played that well, to be honest. Like, I don't think it was one of our one of our best performances that we've seen kind of under Arteta in this last, you know, 12 months or so where we've obviously been really, really good. Um, it was actually quite, it felt like quite a, wasn't necessarily a tight game. Like, I think there was clearly one team that wanted to win it more than the other one. And I think United came more than happy to to take a point. And you could tell by... You could tell that from their tactics. You could tell that from kind of just the intensity of their, you know, passing. Um, you know, the possession stats at the end of the first half. I think you pulled them up, didn't you, Rajan? It was just weird because no, I didn't expect to see that United had dominated possession. But then it's like, what did they do with the ball? Not, not very much yeah. apart from the goal yeah. they scored. Um, and they obviously came with the same plan as they came to the Emirates with last season, which was, you know, um, we play a really high line. They'll hopefully, for that, from their point of view, hit us on the counter. Um, and they've got really effective players especially Rashford, um, that can that can cause us problems and obviously did. Um, but in terms of like us switching to the back four, like just I think we've all I say we all, but majority of Arsenal fans probably have wanted this back four after the last the first three games where party at right back and Nozinchenko it just sort of hasn't really worked, at least from a fan's kind of perspective. I think Arteta may say different I think he did say different didn't he but um in the pre-match press conference um but yeah like I think Gabriel coming back uh, Gabriel and Zinchenko coming back I think there's obviously this kind of like element of when you when you revert back to a system and personnel that you know like you know what you're going to get from them and that's basically the goalkeeper in the back four that played you know they were the first choice for as much you know for, for, for last season um when you revert back to that, it does give you that kind of like confidence in the team a little bit more and that like solidity, I guess. Mm. Um, I think Declan Rice probably then can play his game a little bit more where he's sitting in front of that back four 
and he knows Zinchenko is going to be kind of beside him um, a lot more. So he's got like a much more comfortable, yeah, let's say a comfortable player in that inverted role. And, you know, I think it just, it just works. Like it just works in terms of the players that we've got. I think the Gabriel one was, was massive. Like you saw when Hoyland came on, like that physical battle between, I didn't realize Hoyland was this kind of like quite stocky, big, powerful striker. I really didn't know. I, never seen him play to be fair so i thought uh, yeah i've seen pictures of him and the odd video i didn't realize that that he, he his game was about that but he gave gabriel a proper proper kind of challenge um in in the in jewels and gabriel came out on top i would say or held his own for sure and i think he's the perfect like gabriel is the perfect player in those situations um because he's just so physical himself and he's just obviously massive guy, um, extremely strong and he's, he's very good in the jewels. And I think for that reason alone, that last, I don't know, 20 minutes or however long um, Hoyland was on for, Gabriel was, you know, he, I, I, there's probably no other defender, maybe Saliba, but, you know, on that mm. side, there's no other defender that I would have wanted to to have been going up against um, a player like Hoyland. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. me personally, extremely, extremely happy that he's gone back to that back four. He went back to that back four. Um and obviously, I think, yeah, it must have added a little bit of, yeah, calmness to the team, I guess you could say, where the the other players probably can look kind of behind them and say, yeah, like, I know what I've got. I know what I've got behind me in terms of a defence. And, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just gives them a bit more confidence, I, I think. Yeah. I agree with you. So connecting this to Charles's question, which I've got up on the screen here, where he's saying, does the panel believe that what we've played on Sunday is Arteta ball or some other version is still to come? The risk of high press, high line is too much for games that have to be tight. United's counters were heartbreaking at times. Um, so, like, I, I um, I have a couple of thoughts on this myself. And the first is, I always, I always go back to that interview. I really loved that interview. It was a couple of seasons ago. It was Jurgen Klopp, and he was talking about um, Arsenal played Liverpool. I think Liverpool won three one, and I think in the first half, um the analysis from Roy Keane, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Roy Keane was basically talking about yeah, how he thought, yeah. yeah, and he thought Liverpool were sloppy. And he basically said, oh, Liverpool were sloppy. They let Arsenal in behind like a couple of times and, you know, whatever. And then and then Klopp took massive exception to this at the end of the game. And, and in this post-match, basically he was just like, yeah, you, you know, Roy, you said you were sloppy. What the hell are you talking about, basically? You're talking nonsense. And he said, if you want to play at the level that we play, and if you want to sustain that kind of pressure that we play, you have to play a very high line and take very high risk. You have to. There's no other way. And that's why we pay big bucks for um, an Allison, And that's why you have a Van Dyke because you, we have to play this way to take these risks. Uh, I've, I think this is a really good example of that. I think we have to do this. I, I, I don't really think there's another way around it. I think if we want to play that kind of suffocating game that we do, then we have to, in some ways, leave ourselves exposed to, to some extent to to a counter. But we need to have good enough players to 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 deal with that, like in in kind of individual quality and you know their their own um, the, the characteristics of the goalkeeper and the centre backs and stuff. But that does actually lead me to a criticism, which is that the one scenario that you imagine that we would have rehearsed for, right? And we talked about this plen- plenty on the day. The one scenario would have been the counter to Rashford on that left-hand side for him to then cut in and shoot right-footed. That's the, that's the like most obvious scenario that's going to happen. And to concede from that, 
with the defense being the defense, like you touched upon, Mize, the familiarity that we would have had with that back five, with, you know, that back five have played together, you know, I don't know, at least, what, what 30 odd times last season plus, right? Like that that back, back five have played that many. To, to concede that way against Rashford, for Saliba and White to kind of, you know, do what they did, that, that was a bit concerning for me. What, what did you yeah. think, Mike? Did you expect a lot more from them in that situation? Yeah, I, I have a bit of a thing about, like, I love Ben White. Every, I think every Arsenal fan loves Ben White and absolutely rate him as one of the best defenders in the country. Um, but I do think that he can struggle with players running at him. A player like Rashford that runs at him, I'm not, I don't know if, I, yeah, I don't know if it's just a kind of like a thing, as in, like, Rashford seems to have something over us. He always seems to score against Even Even um, the last home game, Ben White struggled with, with Rashford, is what I remember. Um, Did it, was it obviously Rashford scored that goal from? Was it Tommy Asu right back last season? Was it Ben White? I can't remember now. Was actually. it? Could be wrong. Can't yeah, remember. I think Tommy Asu might have played left back that game. I can't remember. Oh, okay, um, but I'm pretty sure it was Ben White because obviously Rashford scored that great goal last season as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember thinking, oh well, if it, I'm pretty sure it was that game where I was just like Ben White needs to be. It was like he doesn't often have bad games. But this is I what I'm saying. I, yeah, go on. Yesterday and last season against Rashford, yeah, he struggled. Yeah, and I, I don't think he does. Like, I don't think he's terrible, but I don't think he's decisive enough when players are running at him and running at him with pace. And it was just weird what Saliba and White did. Like, it was like Saliba was trying to cover one side, Ben White was trying to cover the other, but they both just allowed him to come on in his stronger foot. And I know Rashford's the kind of player that he's quite tricky. He can probably go down down the down um sorry onto his left and or 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 yeah try and maybe um yeah sorry go go down his left but I, I don't know it just feels like they backed off backed off backed off until he was in a position where he's in the box 15 yards from goal and then you know what he's going to do at that point he's going to try and just get a little bit of space get it onto his right foot and then you know whip it um whip it and whip it into the far corner it's exactly what he does so yeah and i mean look i, I don't think we're going to talk about Havertz, i guess but like it's not a good ball from Havertz in mm. you know we give possession away terribly and you know Charles touched on it that's the that's the risk um when you play a system like the one that we do and if everyone's up the pitch and we're all on the halfway line then of course like we, we're running that risk so we've got to look after the ball you know even more as it were we've got to be extremely extremely careful with these kind of like crossfield passes so I think that's just something that Havertz is probably learning the hard has now learned the hard way um but yeah it you, wasn't um, it wasn't good defending at all do you think ramsdale could have done better because that was right in front of us right so we obviously sit behind that yeah. goal thankfully because that's where all the fun is um uh do you felt like do you like i think i remember ramsdale got a touch to it and then it went in off the post did it yeah or, i think, think yeah, he could have exactly. done better Personally, I don't think so. Like I've watched it a couple of times afterwards, and I was thinking the same thing initially. But then when I've watched it, it's like he is at full. full I, I think he's at full full stretch, and I don't think he's got a touch on it. But I don't think he can do much more than what he's tried to do. Yeah, um, it's one of those things that if he didn't, if he didn't get a hand to it, we wouldn't have even questioned well, it. Probably, but yeah. Mm. What do you? Yeah, what I you feel guys? like yeah. I think he saw it a split second late. Because actually, where we were sat, I don't think I saw the shot. So if I couldn't see the mm. shot, I don't know if Ramsdale could have seen that shot. Because like you said, Saliba and Ben White were just clumsy. I don't know what was going on. I need to watch it again properly to work out like who was supposed to be doing what and who messed up. But 
either way, like they just seem to get in each other's way, confuse each other. And then I think Ram, like, Ra- sorry, Rashford just pulled off the shot. Um, and I, I think because he sees it maybe that split second later, he's just, you know, that half a second away. But he goes a half a second late and then probably just struggles to get a stronger hand on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Did, I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah, go on. No, I was, I was, I was sorry, go on for it. I was actually going to move on from that, but have you got any closing no, thoughts? No, 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 I think, I don't, I don't think so. I think just my initial reaction was that maybe Ramsdale could have done a bit better for that, but maybe I'm just being harsh. I was going to say as well, just, just sorry, Roger, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I think now with Raya waiting in the wings to take his place, we are going to be analysing every single Ramsdale potential error yeah. or error so so closely um yeah. because we just we've not had to worry about it for the last two seasons there's not been any competition so i think yeah it's going to be really interesting now because i think last season that goal goes in i don't really think you questioned ramsdale to be honest so yeah yeah there's a stat that doesn't look that favorable on ramsdale i think that's always a way something like the, the percentage of shots on target this season that he's conceded is pretty high it's like a and that and you could argue that's partly because we're not conceding very many shots on target but yeah, I think it's like 40% of the shots he's facing, 40% of the shots on target have gone in, basically, something like that. Yeah, um, another one that said, yeah. uh, basically, I think this is the eighth, something like the eighth time this season, this calendar year, that we've conceded in the league with the first shot on target against us. <laughs> no other um, no team has done that so highly. It's like, we're, we're, we are developing this this pattern um especially when we concede in the first bloody minute all the time but um we're just we seem to be doing okay we seem to be doing okay team goes up the other end and they just score Um, and you you do have to put some of the blame i think on the goalkeeper in that situation you can't not right like you you include the defenders in that as well right the defensive unit has to be concentrating because the minute they're tested with any real depth um, they score. So something isn't right. Yeah, yeah. Because in this situation, it's not even a case where you can say, "Oh, it's because of the high line situation." Because in the end of the day, when Rashford scores, they're already back. So yeah. you know, Saliba and White are in a position to defend it. They're not, you know, down the other end of the pitch. Um, so I, I agree. Do Do you think there's there's a criticism that can be placed on our attacking players for not? Uh, scoring a goal before the opposition get their shot on target. Yeah, I mean, look, this isn't. This is probably going to turn into like the habits. The habits giveaway was unfortunate, but he obviously before that missed. We didn't miss. He didn't. He scuffed the shot, and when he was put put through, right? And um, he, yeah, like I think, but generally, I thought the attack was pretty bad. I thought Saka wasn't good. Uh, Havertz wasn't good and Ketia wasn't good. Um, Martinelli had some <laughs> moments. Um, was anyone good, <laughs> but they weren't, they weren't, they weren't good. Like, there's, there's a, there's a um, stat going around, um, or there's like a little performance, um, kind of like stat, yes, um, like a little profile of stats, um, on Saka. And apparently, he cre- apparently, he created five chances yesterday. Obviously, I guess one was the rice goal in the corner, yeah, uh, and like his general performance. St- Excuse me. Statistically, wasn't actually too bad. I know. I know what you mean. And his chance—the chance he missed was bloody awful. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it was really bad. The keeper. Like, how are you not scoring that? 
But I agree with yeah. you, Aaron. And like, I mean, there's an argument here. Maybe we should get on to this, right? That like, really, I mean, the players that saved us yesterday were the midfield. Like our midfield really carried the torch for the team yesterday. Because like you, you correctly pointed out, as an attacking unit, we were like there isn't anyone that can really like hold their hands up and say that they were they were really really good. I mean Odegaard like brilliant finish. Maybe overall we can kind of say you know he might have been one of the better ones, but um but it was like, like they've got to do better than that, right? And that that's kind of been this whole season, right? Like um and so then there's an argument to say that a lot of people are making is it isn't it brilliant that Arsenal have got ten points from twelve a possible twelve and they've nowhere near hit any attacking cohesiveness yet. I mean, that's got to be a big plus, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, I, I, I do. Aaron. That's probably. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. yeah, you go. Just, not just on mute. <laughs> go, go, another go, another go, eight go, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just. Go on, mate. I was, yeah, I was going to say you're right. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll shut up now. But um, no, no, I think you're right. I was just going to say one thing before, because it just came into my head that I really want to say. That Odegaard goal was huge. Yeah. Right? Like, I yeah. think if we go into half time at 1 0 down, yeah. it's a very, very different game. Like I don't the, think I realised that, that how quickly we yeah, scored it afterwards. I didn't realise. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's really weird, right? 30, 30, 40, 30, 40 yeah. seconds or something? Straight after kickoff. Seconds, yeah. yeah. Literally Crazy. straight after, right? Yeah. That was, yeah, honestly. Because I think if we had gone in one nil down at half time, or even like the, the Fulham vibe would have set in. And it's like they they basically played like Fulham did, right? Just with a better, with Marcus Rashford. That is Man United at the moment. It's Fulham plus Marcus Rashford. Um, <laughs> And they came in, they sat deep, they, on the ball, they were pretty decent, but we didn't really press them because we were worried about Onana just like playing passes around fine. But then we kind of let them have the ball in the, like back, their their back four, their back five, whatever. And they didn't really do anything with it. And they just defended deep. And again, like our defender, our attackers struggled against that low block. Um, it's just that this time they had Marcus Rashford to go and do something crazy and then Garnacho towards the end. But apart from that, they did nothing. Um, yeah, and, and on that, I'm just someone who I think is really like, I'm surprised at how irrelevant he was, was Casemiro. Like he, he was complete passenger in that midfield. Every time the ball was coming into that zone, whether it's from a goal kick or it's just kind of, you know, second balls or whatever, we were winning it every time. Like we were really like physical. We were really, really smart in getting it. That's Havertz. That's Rice. Really, those two I felt were really getting stuck in. I thought he was a total irrelevance. I mean, this is not. This is a five-time Champions League winner. This is like you know a seventy million pound signing. This is no joke. But yeah, like that. Like you say, they're basically yeah. a better. They're Fulham with Rashford. Well, I mean, when we when we previewed the game. Um... And we were talking about who do we want to start and what kind of lineup do we want. I, I mean, we talked about reverting to the back four that we we got, but I really didn't want to see a double pivot of Party and Rice. I just felt like our midfield, Rice Rice is the obviously the deepest midfielder, and then Erdegaard and whoever the other one was. But yeah, obviously it was Havertz. I was more than comfortable with that up against whoever they were going to bring, and obviously that was going to be Casemiro, Bruno, and, and Eriksson. I just felt like our midfield is on paper and in actuality in the game, like it's so, so, so much better. And I think like your the point you just made, Raj, kind of alludes to that really. Um, yeah, really disappointing. Not, not disappointing, but yeah, I, I Casemiro is a weird one, isn't it? Because like he had, a, he had a 
if you speak to any United fan, there was this conversation about Casemiro being the best DM in the league. Was it? Is it him? Is it Party? Is it Rodri? And I mean, I think there's a clear winner there now, but it's probably either Rodri or Rice now, I would say. Like, you know, probably Rodri, but Casemiro is nowhere near that conversation anymore. No. Um, maybe it's just a no. player that's just kind of getting to the, like, getting to the end of his career. Oh, and it's like 100%, man. Yeah. I think when United signed Casemiro, I think they paid, it was like 60 million pound transfer. Yeah, it's like 60, 70 million quid. And he's yeah. on like 350k yeah. a week. Yeah. He, he's 30 when he rocked up. And I'm just yeah. like, this is the most like, like this is the type of thing that we used to do, like three four years ago. Is uh, this is good player who's available now? Who's going to be good for one or two years, and then he's going to hit that age cliff, and he's going to fall off, uh, fall off a cliff in terms of performance and ability. And you don't know when that will be. That might be after six months in the Premier League. Might be after one or after two. But certainly not. He's not going to be able to do it at the top level at 33 at that age. You just can't do that when you transition from like playing in in Spain where you have these one or two intense games every month in February, March, where you really have to be on it, to playing in the Premier League where literally twice a week you've got to be on it. Yeah. Um, and I just think he's hit that. He's hit that age where he's just like, my, bo- I can't do it anymore. Like, he can't do it. He could go to Spain and probably boss it still. He'd go to France, boss it. He could, but for what United need him to do against, when he's playing against Odegaard, Havertz, Rice, um, they'll just be just running, running around him, play, playing around mm. him, pressing him. And look, he's still going to have the odd game where he's going to be incredible. And because that's Casemiro, he's like, you know, one of the best players in that role over the last 10 yeah. years. Yeah. But just because he was the best over the last 10 years doesn't mean he's going to continue to do that at 31, 32, 33 at 350k a week. And he, he had Cruz and Modric in that Madrid team. Yeah. It's like very easy to forget. <laughs> Who's he got that's... now? I guess Ericsson, Bruno, Tomonet, and well, he didn't play yesterday, but yeah, but yeah, Bruno, and, and, Bruno. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mason. Yeah, and it's also it's also one of these things, right? I think we, we, we were talking about in the last pod where it's a real mental transition. I think when you come from a team like Real Madrid and then you come to Man United, who you think are also like a similarly sized massive club, but they're not like a dominant team in the Premier League. Like you know, like like you alluded to, Aaron, and like every week you've got to be on your absolute A game or you'll lose. It's not even like you'll draw. Like you'll you'll probably lose yeah. if you haven't got your A game right. And you're going into games like you're going playing against Arsenal. And you're being set up to counter because, you know, you can't compete. It's probably not great. Like for him mentally, he's probably thinking, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. This is pretty shit. Like, you know, um, yeah. Um, let's talk, talk about um, our, our midfielders uh, for a second. Uh, Mike Kai Havertz. So we play him now in, the, in, in on Sunday. We played him in the, let's call it the Xhaka role. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't really played that in the first three games because we played this different formation, but we played him in in, in this role this time. Um, what did you think of him in the role? What did you think of his performance compared to the three games before it? Yeah, not great, to be honest. Uh, not great. It's just not really happening for him, unfortunately. I think um, that chance that he gets, like, similar to what I said about the Saka one, like, I think I expect much, much higher levels from Saka and I've, 
but you can forgive Saka because if he gets that chance a hundred times, he probably scores it more often than not. I think with Havertz, he just that that one that he fluffs, he just he just needs to put that away, and then it probably completely transforms. Not transforms, but maybe just gives him that confidence. I think I think he's just so 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 low on confidence. Even though Arteta's kind of sticking with him at the moment, and he's obviously got faith in him. It feels like he just needs a moment, something like a, a big assist, a goal, you know, to get the crowd on his side and to kind of, you know, probably feel like, right, I've arrived and, and it just hasn't happened yet. And that chance, you just got, you've got to take it. Like, you've just got to just like get some sort of contact on it and take it. And I think if he gets any half decent contact on it, he probably, he probably goes in. Like, I don't think he's very far out from goal. Um, so, yeah. And I think that like, you've just got to kind of compare, I compare how Declan Rice has settled into the team and Kai Havertz. And I, I know that, you know, maybe it's a little bit unfair in some ways, but I also think it's it's kind of felt like they're both big money signings. They've both come from Premier League sides. Declan Rice has come from a arguably a worse side in, in West Ham in West Ham. Um and and they kind of both been put into the Arsenal team from game one and they've been told what their role is. And and Rice you would not have thought Declan Rice is a new Arsenal player based on how he started his his career with us. He's just settled straight in. He looks like yeah, he just looks like the perfect fit for us in that in that in that um in that in that midfield in our midfield. And Havertz doesn't. It's literally the opposite. Um, yeah, I was, I was pretty disappointed. And like I, like I said before, get, like when things are not going well, like if it's just not happening for you, the last thing you want to be doing is giving the ball away like he did, which basically up until like it was 25 minutes and I think that happened that first 25 minutes I can't remember United having a shot having a like anything they didn't have a sniff um and it was that one moment they pounced because we know that's what they can do we know that's what Rashford can do and and like unfortunately it's it's Havertz that's given the ball away but I think you know in his position where he is now in terms of like yeah very very low on confidence like it, like it's kind of unforgivable not unforgivable but I just feel like that's just such a, such a bad mistake to make so mm. I personally just feel like yeah I don't think and I think when you look at what Vieira is now doing you look at Vieira coming on the pitch in the last couple of games and it's just again the opposite it's the opposite he's like effervescent he's just lively he wants the ball his confidence like it, it's mental how how it changes right from last season with Fabio Vieira we're all asking question marks about where does he fit in, in the Arsenal team what's his best position is he strong enough you know is he too lightweight what's he actually good at you know there were so many questions about him and now for whatever reason, things have completely changed for him. And now the question the question now for me is, I think it's Everton away next. So maybe Everton away may not be a Fabio Vieira game, as it were. But it, I think, you know, you've got to start looking at the next few games as like, Arteta's, I feel like, he, you know, it, it does does Havert really warrant his, his place in the team anymore? I'm not sure he does. I think just based on performances. I think Havertz probably stays in the team because... He's a £65 million signing and I think Arteta will want to kind of prove to everyone that he was the right player and and there's a player there and he's put, you know, he's starting him for a reason. But um, personally, yeah, I, I I have faith it will come good in, in the long run. But right now, and I said this before the United game, I was kind of like, look, it's not really happening. Take him out of the firing line a little bit. Take him out of the limelight because every bad pass, every kind of mistake, whatever it is, the fans are going to start getting on him. And Arsenal fans do do that in the ground and and online as well. But even even in the ground, there are fans that will. He is the scapegoat now. He is going to be the guy that people will go to and be like, "Yeah, if we hadn't have won, if we'd have drawn, uh, you know, against United and or lost, if that Garnacho goal does get allowed, 
he's probably the guy that gets serious pelters. So I feel like, yeah, take potentially in the next couple of games, just sort of take him out, bring him on off the bench as an impact sub. Um, and and you've got to give the players that are performing, essentially, I'm looking at people like Vieira, um, you've got to give them minutes now as well. You've got to start looking at that. Um, yeah, just, just, yeah, just a bit disappointing, man. I, do you think, that you know, like Russ's point here is Habits couldn't even win a penalty. Do you, do you think, you know, in that situation, if, <laughs> if Habits did win that penalty, which, yeah. you know, he very nearly did. It's given on the pitch, and um, you know, I I still do not believe it's a clear and obvious error that should be overturned. Um, well, certainly, if it if that is a clear and obvious error that should be overturned, then that's not what the Premier League have been doing. Um, but let's yeah. just say he wins that penalty in the same way that Fabio Vieira won the penalty against Fulham. Do you think that would have acted like a bit of a catalyst for him? That you know, that then perhaps his confidence maybe. could have gone up. Uh, maybe. I mean. I'm not sure that's necessarily enough because it's not a moment where he's showing his true quality, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, fantastic. If you win the penalty, and I personally think it was a penalty and it should have stood, but if you win the penalty, of course, it's going to help. But I'm not sure if that's necessarily the like the moment that mm. he maybe needs in an Arsenal shirt or maybe just needs one of those performances where he's like, he's the guy dictating the play. He's the guy orchestrating everything. At the moment, it's Erdegaard. So if Havertz can kind of share that responsibility with Erdegaard and have one of those performances where, yeah, he might not have the assists and the, the goals or the stats that kind of back it up. But when you just watch it purely based on eye test, if he puts in one of those kind of nine out of 10 performances and he shows why he's playing that role, um and why he's getting picked then maybe that's that's the different you know that's that's what changes things for him but i don't know i don't know yeah like the penalty probably helps but i'm not sure it's necessarily gonna make a huge difference because it's only going to take one bad pass after that and uh or one mistake and yeah very confidence drops again yeah what do you guys reckon well i um i think that arteta has got himself in a bit of a situation where well we keep on talking about you know, the off the ball stuff. And, and I think it's a really fair challenge to say, Oh, you can't just like say that he's doing really good off the ball things. And you know, that's not good enough for the price you pay. Like you need more. I totally get that. But I think Arteta has got himself in a bit of a situation where, where it's probably pretty nice when Arteta watches it and looks at that kind of physical imposition that we have with having someone like Havertz in the middle of the pitch with a rice or with a party, whoever those guys are congregating in the middle of the pitch because they're just so imposing and Man United never had a sniff physically same when we were at Palace Palace didn't have a sniff physically and I think Fulham Forest again similarly there's so much physicality I think he'll worry about taking say for example say say for example he takes out habits and plays Vieira in that role it's a completely different equation physically um so I I I think Arteta will try his very 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 best very best to try and kind of eke everything out of this or potentially if it is other players like your Vieras or whoever's that you know who are going to come in up I wonder if you know he'll do something else to the system to accommodate habits as well but at the same time you know I I agree with the general point that it's a long season and we're going to rotate anyway. So Havertz as a result of rotation is going to come out. So there's going to be different systems that we will play, but he's clearly, man, I think it's without dispute. He's a man that's lacking confidence. Yeah. You know, without a doubt. I don't think we can deny that. Um, Declan Rice. Yeah. Like, let's just talk to him for a, a, for a little bit. Cause like you said, my like, you know, it's a really good contrast that you made 
Havertz looks new to the team. Rice doesn't. Yeah, yeah. like Rice is just, and I, I think that the the just the leadership, the quality, you name it, everything about him was just magnificent. I mean, and Aaron, and like, do you? In, in any way, is there anything new that you've learned about Declan Rice that you didn't know already? No, no, not really. I thought he was, he was just great. Like, I'm really, like, it's pretty cool that he kind of got this moment. Like, you know, the big you know, the Sky game, Super Sunday, mm. four o'clock, the big game of the weekend. Everyone's watching, you know, 92nd minute. You know, most people would have been watching that game who, if you're interested in football. And then boom, like it's like, you know, the, you know, that was his moment, the big signing to win us the big game in the 97th minute or whatever it was. Um, that's what you want. Um, and yeah, like the shot wasn't anything of beauty. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was me. I, I just want to, sorry, not to interrupt you. I, I watch this back, right? I'm seriously so impressed with how he hits his ball. I know it takes a deflection and maybe like, I think it's on target, but it takes a deflection. It's going to the far post, right? But the way, yeah. if you watch the slow-mo and the way he hits the ball, obviously he chests it down, he's watching it drop. And I think there's obviously an element of it's the 95th minute, I'm just going to shoot and sort of see what happens. But if you watch the technique he uses to hit the ball and the shape of his foot, and I know this sounds like really like I've like like analyzed it like this way too much but i just noticed it because he, he he kind of like i don't know how to explain it unless you watch it but he doesn't just put his foot through it and hope for the best he really tries you can just tell by the concentration on his face and then the way he kind of shapes his foot he's obviously trying to keep the shot down but he's i don't know how to explain it. it's just really weird but if you watch it you'll probably see what i mean it's just like this weird not weird but this very kind of like he knows exactly what he wants to do and exactly how he wants to hit the ball. And it's very kind of like calculated in that moment. And I was super yeah, impressed yeah, with that. Because... Yeah, I think it was actually a lot further out than I it is. thought it was. Yeah. Like, obviously, when we were where we're sitting, we're sitting behind that goal. It's hard to judge perspective, right? But um, yeah, like, I think actually his his actual shot was probably might have been creeping into the far post we don't know but the i don't think it was did. i think i think not? i don't think it was when like if you i mean i mean it, it sounds like a stupid thing to say yeah it probably i mean yes it was on target but obviously there were oh, players right, in the yeah, way yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah going through like yeah. three or four players yeah but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um yeah look man it look it it went in that's all, that's all that matters yeah exactly and his overall play was good he he, like I said earlier, he's he's the type of player you want in your team in these games, right? And I think he's just yeah. shown that he is so ready for this level. Um, like he gets it, he gets a history, he gets. Um, I think he does like act up a bit for the interviews and for the. I know what you mean. I know like, what you mean. Like yeah. he, you could tell. Like he's he's definitely one to like. He loves the attention and he loves being that guy. And and let him do that because. And he's clever. You know, he's, he's very clever. Pitch, what he says, yeah, on the pitch stuff, yeah. right? He he knows how to sell himself, right? Um, yeah. he always goes on about how he's learned so much about the history. I'd be a bit annoyed if I was a West Ham fan. He's never said, um, <laughs> "I've learned so much at West Ham." I was there for fifteen yeah. years, didn't learn anything at West Ham. But in three <laughs> weeks of being Arsenal, he's learned everything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "No, man, you you were pretty good before you got here as well." Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but, no, like, agree, you know, agree. but anyway, like he's just like it's it's just a very good. He's a very very good player. I just think this was like you know the party injury just meant that like 
we needed him to just run that midfield the way Thomas Partey, when he's fit, just does for us. But he adds yeah. this extra this extra dimension that Partey doesn't really have in his game, which is kind of just a bit, he's a bit more rugged, a bit more, I don't know what it is, but there's something that Partey doesn't have that Declan Rice has. Um, yeah. Which uh, yeah. you kind of want, like in the 92nd minute, you're chasing a game. Would you rather have, like, because I think going forward, he adds a bit more. He's more, far more willing to be like, sod this, I'm going to try and win this game myself. Like Partey has tried that from his shots outside the box and usually he skies <laughs> it over. But um, yeah. I just feel like if you want a goal, if you want a goal from your six, which you don't expect that many of, you'd much rather have Declan Rice in your team than Thomas Partey. Yeah, I think, and I think, I think Rice will probably end up even you know improving that in his game and and you know just that that'll you know it's kind of like Rodri I think he'll get he'll become quite Rodri like in that way you know you can see him scoring more and yeah. more those sorts of goals exactly so yeah like t- t- totally agree with you um before we sort of just do a bit of sort of reflection sort of generally on where we are how that compares my I asked you about like about Jesus first let's just talk about very briefly just what a moment you know that was that, that just the, the yeah. source about it it was just phenomenal i mean yeah. like 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 firstly let, 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 let's say I know, I know it was dallow i actually thought it was johnny evans that goes flying but i think it's dallow um no, but it was you know the, evans, the, wasn't it? No, no i think it was dallow, dallow. really dallow, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um oh. it was it was a bit funny when it felt like it was johnny evans just because you love johnny evans so much so that would have been really fun aaron and aaron and aaron and aaron and aaron and yeah. But like, I used to be a big fan of like Thierry post Henry, but I don't want to start Thierry Henry up front right today. Hang on, that is so annoying. <laughs> you changed your tune so much. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was literally up until like January transfer window of 2023. That is true. <laughs> that was it. Um, a debate for another day. And obviously, obviously, Man United. Um, uh, you know, in in many ways, they did play well from a defensive kind of standpoint. They clearly had a plan and whatever, and you know, um, but um, you know, it's it's, a, it's pretty banter era stuff to like end the game with Maguire and Evans in the center of the defense. So that is it, like you know, Roy Keane made, makes made a good point on the you know post match. He's just like, it's like you know, Johnny Evans is a great guy, but Man United got rid of him seven years ago because they didn't think he was good enough, and like. Do you know what I mean? Like, so how's that? How's that work? Um, so, yeah, proper banter. Yeah, anyway, it is, it is insane. But anyway, the goal. There was so much sauce in the goal, right? Um, there's so much to love about the goal because, firstly, Fabio Fabio Vieira's pass is just. I mean, he's just he's just continued what he was doing against Fulham of just oozing class. I mean, made a made a pretty you know made a made a pass that needed to be pinpoint pinpoint basically. He did exactly what he had to. Jesus has taken it beautifully. You know, there's little details when you watch back at the goal, which are really impressive. Reese Nelson is is pegging it. He's pegging it so fast. Like, he actually ends up pretty level with Jesus if Jesus wanted to square it. It was, it was, so, it was so impressive how far he ran. But Jesus just, you know, he just sells the keeper in and then Onana's got no chance. It just nestles so nice. It was such a calm finish. And I think we're reminded of that, that point that Jesus is a genuinely fantastic player. My question to you, um, do you, do you think that puts Jesus back that even that moment puts Jesus back as the number one striker. And if, you know, if everyone is fit going into uh, the Everton game at the end of the, you know, after the international break, do you think he starts? That's me, mate. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think he's um he's the undoubted number one striker uh, or you know forward that we play through through the middle. Um, for me, like I think uh, just to go back on one thing <clears throat> you guys said earlier about the forwards, just because we're talking about Jesus, like I think you you guys were a little bit harsh on all of our forwards, really. When you, I can't remember if it was Aaron or, or Raju. I can't remember which one of you said it, but um, well, both, both solidarity. Both, yeah, and that, yeah, fair <laughs> like yeah. I, I feel like. They didn't have their best of games, um, agreed. But like, and I think I said it to you guys during the game when Martinelli, like Martinelli, coming up against like basically, I've I really rate Wambasaka. I think a lot of people rate rate Wambasaka, regardless of how bad Man United are. Um, and one v one, he's probably the best in the league or one of the best. Maybe Carl Walker's up there in terms of fullbacks and um, being able to deal with like a, a tricky, pacey winger, and. Every time Marcelli was trying something and he was trying everything, Wambasaka seemed to to get the better of him. And I don't think that's the only time that you've seen that from Wambasaka yeah. against a decent winger or a good winger. So like I don't necessarily think Martinelli had a bad game. I think he just came up against someone who was defending really, really well, like he normally does, especially in those one one v ones. Um and I think Eddie had a pretty good game as well. Like I know that, yeah, okay, he didn't score or anything. Yeah, fine. But at the same time, I think we're starting to see a little bit something a little bit different from Eddie. Um, just in terms of like we've said it before the last couple of seasons, like Eddie doesn't offer you anything apart from goals. And he's always he tends to be in the right place at the right time and he'll be there for the chance. It's not doesn't always take the chance, but you know, he tends to he tends to, yeah, he tends his positioning and his movement's really good and his finishing is pretty good. But I feel like he seems to have like got a lot bigger. I don't know if it's over the summer or if it's happened recently, but he seems to just be a lot stronger, more physical. And I feel like he's started to add that to his game a bit more where in terms of like jewels and yeah, holding off defenders, holding up the ball and kind of like just being involved a bit more in the kind of the build up play, the all round play, like he's becoming a bit more useful in those scenarios. Um, so I don't think he had an, a, a bad game as such, but yeah, look, coming back to Jesus. Uh, yeah. For me, he's, he's, a, he's the, yeah, he's, he's a much, much better player than Eddie. Um, and mm. you, that 20 minutes or so that he came on, you just see like kind of everything that he's about. Um, and I think this is the great thing about having such a kind of deep squad now or, or just options in these positions because you can, like you said, Raj, throw on a player like Jesus with that, you know, at the end of the game and start running at tired defenders and like the trick started to come out and he was doing the stepovers and everything. And yeah, he just was getting on the ball and he was taking players on and it was just yeah, it was re- really, really good to see. Like the goal, yeah, the goal was beautiful because there was that moment when he's obviously threw on goal, like Vieira's played him in, he's threw on goal and then... Dallow comes sliding across and obviously just sells Dallow completely. And then the stadium just, it's just silence. The stadium just goes yeah. completely silent waiting for, is he going to finish it or not? Is he going to, is he going to cock this up? And obviously he finishes it and the stadium just erupts again. I think everyone was still kind of like recovering from what had just happened for, <laughs> yeah. with Rice, like a few minutes before. So it was just like double the amount of kind of craziness. Yeah. Um, I completely fell for that dummy, by the way. Yeah, so me too. When he did it, I thought he shot. And yeah. I thought Dallow had blocked it. So I was like, oh, wow. oh. really? I was like, yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh, wait, he's still got the ball. <laughs> and yeah. So good. It's like, I just, I was like, I went with it and I was like, oh, like, cause, mm. and then, yeah. And then my, I couldn't believe he still had the ball. And then that, my, that moment when I was like, oh my God, he's still got the ball. Oh, Matt, like, yeah. Oh, it was incredible. And he just slots it, doesn't he? Yeah. It. Like, there's so many times. But I mean, look, to be fair, it's a pretty simple finish because Anana's like, there's so much of the goal for him to aim at. But you see it like with, like when he's about to shoot, you're thinking, oh my God, like imagine he puts this wide, he hits the post or something. 
but yeah, yeah. just slots it away beautifully and yeah, yeah. like go on mate sorry I was going to say a couple of couple of random things. Actually, just just finish what you're going to say because this is slightly off piece. I mean, it was just yeah, no, just in terms of Jesus. Like, I think he we are a better team with him in our team, um, and I think I think we'll start if Jesus stays fit and if he starts starts starting games or Teta starts playing him from the start in in the next few games after the international break. I think you'll start to see Saka and uh, Saka and Martinelli. Sorry become even more effective i think he offers so much more in our attack than than eddie does despite what i just said about eddie and praising him i think hazus is a level above so yeah i think yeah simple terms you know put it put it as as simple as possible yeah i think hazus starts going forward i think it'll be good to see Havertz play with him yeah i want to see look i look Havertz. we can't have a situation where the only situation where Havertz is going to be good is if we have our best 11 Right, so that's not a thing. But when you have a player that's like low on confidence, you kind of just want the ideal circumstances for him to like thrive. And I think, you know, the way Arteta has obviously looked at this is like, I want to, what I want. My my first eleven, especially in that area of the pitch, is Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, uh, Zinchenko, and then this eight, this left eight, who has to play with those three. If we get to the Champions League final. Those three are going to be playing. Who is going to be in that left eight and what do I need? And Arteta, for you know, all his knowledge, has gone Kai Havertz, spent £60 million on it. So there's obviously something that he is trying to achieve. And a lot of that depends on these links. And that's what I'm really curious to see is like, when you have that, does it unlock something in Kai Havertz? Yeah. That's a good point. That that will be really interesting. Um, the 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 two ra- random things I wanted to say was one my my you know to your one Pasaka point. It was quite interesting because I saw this thread on on um on Twitter, which was basically saying that a lot of fullbacks are taught specifically not to slide in because the chance of conceding a corner is proportionately uh, a risk not worth taking versus staying on your feet and pushing the play and keeping the player out from um, kind of getting across in at all. So effectively kind of ushering them back, um, you know, to avoid them crossing the ball. And since Juan Bissaka has joined Man United, no player has conceded more corners than Juan Bissaka. So the argument that was being made was basically just like, it is brilliant. Like he's obviously a really good tackler, but mm. as a result of his strategy, they concede lots of corners okay. and, you know, they're, they're, you know, and you could argue or what you could say is like, yeah, but if he's not making those tackles, who's to say that actually they don't beat him and go and cross it and score. So that that's completely fair, but it's a, it's quite an interesting like hypothetical question uh, as to actually would more defenders do what he's doing and have they just had that trained out of them? Um, who knows? But I agree, like, you know, there's lots of players. I think James Madison said it a while ago as well, didn't he? He said, like, you know, wan is the, the best kind of uh, one-on-one defender he's ever seen. Um, yeah. The other random thing, which I think is really funny, is, like, so obviously, like, Onana is very key, right, to, like, Man United's strategy now, right, as a as a kind of, you know, beating the press or whatever. Uh, I thought it was really funny because, you know, obviously African Nations is, is this... Uh, is this year and he was he had retired from international football like a while ago but he's now just come out of retirement 
Yeah. So, Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. He's what, like, just play in play in Afcon. Yeah. So he's playing in their qualifiers now, but he's he's like he's come out of retirement. So like, I wonder if Man United, you know, if that had anything, like maybe it wouldn't have changed their mind. But to to lose your goalkeeper to African nations are quite a big deal, right? It's not like, say, for example, a Ramsdale Rea situation. They've gone and just signed a fairly like random keeper from Turkey, I want to say, to play as their like number two. And so, yeah, that's January is a tough time, right? It's uh, other, yeah, I thought, I thought they, that brought, was they, brought, they brought Cameroon, um, yeah, Cameroon, yeah, yeah, Cameroon, Cameroon, yeah, yeah. They brought uh, Johnny Evans back, so maybe they'll bring like fucking, like, I don't know, Bandasar. Ed Dohoy or something like Fabio <laughs> Martins. <laughs> Um, let's reflect a little bit now, just to end the show on um, on what what that what this all means for Arsenal. So, if you look at the league table, Man City have played four and won four, and then there are four teams who have played um, for won three and drawn one. Those are Tottenham, Liverpool, West Ham, and Arsenal. Um, so, kind of points wise, Arsenal are sort of joint second. Yeah, and only Man City have done better. How do you feel about that? Um, and what do you think about sort of some of the teams above us right now? Um, you know, let, let's just start by saying that. Like, how do you feel about, um, you know, Arsenal having 10 points from four games? Do you want to go to go to you? Go, go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's it's OK. Look, I'm at the stage now with Arsenal where I kind of except when we play Man City home and away, I kind of expect us to win because. I do firmly believe we are the second best team in this league. Um, at least. Did you say point. when we play Man City home and away, you expect us to win? No, like... no I don't. I don't expect. Us oh, to you win. don't. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, right. except for those two games. <laughs> okay. Um, I expect us to win every other game. Uh, because ultimately, I think all of that, any of those teams, are not as good as we are, right? Um, and therefore. Like the reality is, when you are competing with City, you can't drop points. You can't just you could just can't drop that many points. Um, so look, I think ten out of twelve is probably the minimum I would have expected. I would have expected like I would have expected four out of four, honestly. Um, but you got to be realistic. This is football. We're not going to be as good as we were last season for the first half of last season, where we were ridiculously good. Like the first half yeah. of last season. We're just not going to be that good. Um, so we are going to drop some silly points. So look, it's it's too early to tell, like, are we truly playing in, like the second best team in the, in the league or are we playing like just a very, very good team? But no, I think it's, it's good. I think, like you said earlier on, Raj, the fact that we, our attack isn't really clicking... It's not working, but still, actually, we're creating chances. We're dominating games. Um, teams are having to defend deep against us. That's all very, very encouraging. I think what what I, what, what I get excited about with this Havertz thing is, like, just imagine how good we're going to be if we can get Kai Havertz at playing at the same level as Martin Odegaard or Martinelli. Mm. Like, my God, it's going to be incredible. Um because actually, in that number eight, we've always had just a bit of a... Like in Jacker, we've always had a guy who could just keep things going, right? Yes, Jacker was good and he got some a few goals now and then towards the end of the season. But actually, he was a guy that just kept everything ticking along. If we could have a match winner in that position, to add to Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, like that could be ridiculous. 
Um, and that that is what he is the key. I think if Havertz clicks, we win the league. Well, oh my God, you heard yeah. it here first. No, I think we win <laughs> you the league. heard it here first. I'll put it this way: I don't think we will win the league unless Havertz clicks. You already you already predicted us to win the league anyway, right? So yeah. I guess you're kind of so, so I'm, so you're I'm, 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 I'm backing yeah, up exactly, to, yeah. to get it right yeah. with him. Yeah. But I cannot enough. see how we win the league. If I mean, I think if he doesn't click, he probably comes out of the team, right? Like I know yeah. we talked about him, but I get I get where you're coming from. Unless Vieira just goes to that. That's level. what I'm saying. Like, like Vieira like, again, that's maybe he, maybe he can, right? Yeah, um, maybe, but like. Maybe, maybe. The thing, um, the thing is, yeah, go on. That, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. It's like a, it's a four out of five. Mine's like, are any of the other teams surprising? Let's talk about Liverpool for a second. So, Charles saying, opposition take. Any thoughts on Liverpool finding their mojo back silently in the race? Um, yeah, I mean, look, like Liverpool were allegedly having uh, an absolute torrid time trying to rebuild their uh, midfield. They have had heavy criticism as to how they've navigated the window, but they've ended up with you know, Dominic Sabosle, who is like looking pretty good. Um, they've uh, they've got they've just had Graven Birch, who you know who wasn't involved the other day, but you know he, he obviously will be. Uh, Alexis McAllister is there and um, Endo. Um, so you know what what are the case, Mars? You know they have racked up three wins in a row that really impressive win against Newcastle um and 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 have absolutely batted absolutely batted Aston Villa who are a team who you know are supposed to be quite tricky it's quite funny actually like so you know one of the guys at work is a season ticket holder at Liverpool and he was at the game and he was, he was basically saying that last season you know when they played Villa it was really tough he was like Villa were tough like really really hard He's like they were absolutely. He just thought they were absolutely pathetic, and he couldn't quite figure out whether it was because Liverpool were good or not. Um, so, anyways, so, sort of focusing back on Liverpool, and not necessarily Villa for, right now. Have you um, have have you been surprised with them? Do you think that they could sustain this? Do you think that they they'll they'll kind of be up there? Not surprised with them. I think when we did our uh, season preview, I was kind of backing them to be definitely in the top four and. I know that at that point they hadn't signed probably a couple of the midfielders that they have since, but I was kind of looking at their forward line and just the, the firepower, the firepower that they've got. I thought this is the season that Nunes really does kind of like explode. And he didn't really, he didn't start the first few games and obviously came off, came off the bench against Newcastle. We know what happened and got a couple of assists um, at the weekend as well. So yeah, like I, I kind of, I, I'm not surprised to be honest. I'm not surprised that they've had a good start to the season. Um, They've they've got great players across the pitch um, from front to back, and they were it was it's like last season was a very bad season for them, but it was one season out of five six whatever it's been where most of those other seasons they've been either in the top four or they've been trying to win the league and pushing City very very hard. So um, I know there's been a like you say Raj a bit of a rebuild, but no, not surprised at all. And I think I think they'll. I, I still back them to finish top four. Um, I think the fact that they kept Salah is is massive. Um, who knows what happens in January, but I guess their intention is probably keep him for another season and hope the money comes in from again next summer and they get like proper proper money from from Saudi Arabia for him. But if they 
let's assume they keep Salah for the whole season. Um, they're just going to score so many goals. Like I can see them just winning games like 3-0, 3-1, 4-1, like scoring a lot mm. of goals. Don't really rate their defence. I think, yeah, they've got a few problems there in terms of this Trent thing just seems to be a problem where he's just not the best defensively and he does make mistakes. And I think Van Dyke genuinely is like past it, probably because of his injury, like still a good defender and everything, but just not at the level he was a couple of years ago. So I think there's still some like questions there, but yeah, overall, I'm 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 not surprised really. Um, I don't competing for the the title. I I don't like. This is the thing. Like we were talking about how Arsenal have started this season and the ten points out of twelve, and City have obviously got maximum points. And I'll like you know what does that mean? City generally don't start the league that that you know super strongly where they're getting maximum points. They obviously come good in the second half of the season. They come good when it really matters. So they did to us you know what they did to us last season they stayed stayed close to us they were just like clinging not clinging on that's 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 not right but you know they were basically uh, in touching distance of us the entire season and then when it came down to it you know they did what they needed to do they and and they were the most consistent team in the last 10 15 games whatever so if arsenal can do that if liverpool for example can do that then you can't you just put yourself in a position where come march april if you're there then it's like okay you know now what what do the fixtures look like and can we put a run together can we win nine out of ten games whatever it is so potentially potentially i, I it's still big question marks right like they've got a brand new like literally a brand new midfield the entire midfield is just a completely completely has completely changed sorry so who knows how that's going to work for them um but yeah i think i think yeah. top four i think top four for them okay. top four okay. uh and aaron and um tottenham uh, as Russ says, and seems to be working wonders with Spurs so far. I mean, very quickly, w- what do you think about Tottenham and how they look? I think they look okay. Um, I think that I think actually he's he's taken over in quite favourable circumstances um, because Tottenham were awful last season. I thought. Um, Kane, they've lost Kane, so it's almost like he's got a bit of a a get out of jail free card where no one's really expecting Tottenham to be good this year. Whereas, like, over the plus four years, it was always like, okay, how can we get back to being a top four team? Or how can we try and go and be like a good Champions League team? And, and yeah, they, they look, they look like they are enjoying their football at the moment. And he's got Son. Like actually scoring again. I thought Son was finished as a footballer, but um, he's got him. If he can get Son scoring with Madison, they could cause a few problems. I don't think defensively they are fully up to scratch. I thought actually, like you, when they played United, United could have probably beaten them, um, but they just didn't because they didn't take their chances. Um, and I don't think they'll be as clinical now with Kane in these big games. Um, I think Burnley were awful, like really, really bad, uh, and and kind of just played into their hands. So, uh, look, that I can see why Spurs fans would be excited. I'm not worried about them yet. I don't think they've got enough, especially like depth wise, to really challenge us, Liverpool. Um, but after those three teams, I think actually. You know, you would have thought fourth would have been out of reach, but they could nick fourth, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think top five certainly is 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 yeah. realistic because they you know they've only got those two competitions and they've kind of got that feel good factor going about them. You know, Ange has done quite a good job in, in getting that, and yeah, you know, I think the fixtures will really really help. Um, no, and there's just no pressure; they could finish seventh. Yeah, and exactly. no one will care. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then uh, yeah, I guess also West Ham are up there, and you probably have to say they'll probably avoid relegation. Um, <laughs> Probably, yeah, I think so. You know, good start. Um, and uh, yeah, they're good, man. And, they did, I mean, like, yeah. I've got they've got you know, you look at some of their players, they've actually got some like very, very good players. They've spent the rice money pretty well, yeah, they yeah. have in the end, didn't they? Yeah. Like, because it really didn't look like it really didn't look like that was going very well, and they've done a fantastic job, you know. They bought players, players yeah. to do, um, who else are they getting? Um, Alvarez, yeah, yeah, Alvarez. Um, and uh, I'm sure forgetting someone, but um, but yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Obviously, I just like I, I, I definitely, I definitely don't think they're going to be in a relegation battle. It'll be interesting to see how. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they do, though, because it's it's just it's one of these things. The league's so bloody competitive, isn't it? Because like teams we haven't talked about yet, like you know, we're not going to cover it all now. But like you know, teams like Brighton, like um, you know, Villa, and um, you know, Brentford, even to some extent, uh, Man United, you know, eleventh at the moment, Chelsea at twelfth, Newcastle at fourteenth. You know, do you know what I mean? It's like it's mental, isn't it? So it's way too can, early to yeah. Go on. Can I ask you a quick question? We're at the opposite. Is there any team that's looked? significantly worse than you thought they would look um i think the the interesting thing is i don't think newcastle have looked at necessarily but they have got they have lost three games in a row hmm. like that's that's pretty crap like you, you know to, to i don't know how many games in the end we lost altogether um but losing three games in your first four is not like good. Yeah, I don't see Stuart Pierce has still predicted that he thinks Newcastle will win the league. Has he? Like, which I thought, yeah, what? yeah, which is like, yeah, yeah, bad. Wow. But um, so Newcastle surprised me. You know that that's that's a lot of defeats. What, just I mean the games they lost, like game, if they if those games are spread out across the season, City, yeah. Liverpool, Brighton. They're not the worst losses. I think they've had a bit of a crap start to the season in terms of fixtures. But yeah, I take your point. Probably expectations were a bit high for Newcastle. Chelsea, Chelsea um, have to be up there. I mean, I don't care like how bad Chelsea were yeah. last season. Like they've been, they've been pretty bad. I think they've only won yeah. one game. Is that Luton that they beat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have I mean, been poor. Like, yeah. I thought Everton would be a little bit better than this. No, I, I they've got one point. They've got one point. That's exactly where I thought they'd yeah. like. Yeah, like, <laughs> really. Oh, mate. Like they've they still haven't sorted out their strike. Well, I think they bought someone now, but like I think again when we did the preview, uh, they'd bought like Dan Juma on loan and someone else. I can't remember who it was. And oh, uh, Ashley Young. It's like that is not going to be enough. So yeah, I don't really don't see. I think Everton are going to struggle again this season. We have them next, don't we? We do yeah. have them next. Yeah, our record there is patchy, though, isn't it? Um, yeah. Very, very quickly, because this has gone on longer than, you know, um, I anticipated. But Charles has just asked for thoughts on the CL draw. Uh, he's saying a very Europa League draw, some say. Will, uh, will, will. Mikel Arteta take it seriously? Um, European games against lower-tier opposition seem not to light the fire if Europa performance taught us anything. Um, very, very quickly, try and be incredibly succinct, lads. What do you guys think, Mice? Yeah, I have a 
so he'll definitely we'll, we'll be up for it i mean it's champions league first champions league uh campaign in six or seven years so and like every single fan has been waiting for this so we'll be we'll be up for it and the emirates i think is going to be, play a big part in those home games like like aaron was saying before the atmosphere um i have a similar kind of feeling about the draw and i think raju said the same where i would have probably preferred a big team from the first pot from pot eight like just because i think that would have that would have meant we'd have to raise our levels to compete in those two ties uh and i just hope that you know the fact that we've got a we've got a group now that we should probably top um on paper and i don't know if that brings about more pressure than it would have if we'd had a big team and all it would have been about was just getting out of the group whether that's first or second just get out of the group and qualify now i feel like there's pressure on us to to win it um and it's going to be interesting to see how we deal with that but yeah uh, yeah we'll be up for it for completely yeah um, Aaron, yeah, I'm. Have? I'm pretty happy with that draw. I think that's what we need. We don't need these. We don't need the distraction of two games against Bayern or PSG in November or whatever. It's yeah. just. It's like I don't know, man. The 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 big games they can come. They'll come. They will come in February and in March and April because we'll be there, hopefully. Um, I think like the great thing is like. This is one of those groups where if we don't mess about by match day four, we could have been we could be qualified and hopefully have, could have won the group if like the circumstances work out. That's why I kind of UEFA want to change it because there's actually a lot of dead games in the group stages nowadays. Um, so we should make this boring as hell. Like just win the first three or four games and then match day five and six, do whatever you want. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Agreed. Agreed. Well, look, uh, international break now, and we've got some time until our next fixture. So there's no point in us properly previewing it. Um, we may or may not record before Everton. Um, but in the meantime, everyone, look, really enjoy the the gap between fixtures because that just means you get to savor the Man United game for even longer, you know? And what a, what a game. I'm still loving it. I might even after this just watch the final five minutes again. I mean, I'm just going to watch that Jay Zeus dummy again. That's so good. Again and again. So good. good. (laughs) Um, Brilliant. Listen, everyone, thank you for joining us. Charles, Russ, like, thank you as always. Jana, thank you for dropping in. Shani, thank you. Aravind, um, thank you. And good to meet you, Aravind, at the game as well. Um, Awesome. Everyone, Mize, Aaron, thanks for joining. Thanks, boys. And have a nice night. Bye. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.